0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: It's another week of the Savvy Psychologist Podcast. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every Friday, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. We'll use the best of psychology to help you be happy, healthy, and most importantly, yourself. If there's just no chemistry between you and diets, maybe it's time to break up. Diets make lousy partners. They make you feel hopeful at the beginning, like this one will be different, but ultimately leave you feeling bad about yourself. Plus, you keep cheating anyway. To leave it all behind, here are six tips to finally stop dieting. Tip number one, give yourself permission to eat all foods. Deprivation is not a force to be taken lightly. And self-imposed deprivation has both physical and psychological consequences. For instance, I'll bet the day before a new diet, you eat an entire pizza as a last hurrah. Or you might even be triggered by your deprivation rules themselves. Promising yourself, I will not eat chocolate, might set off a chocolate soaked binge. Therefore, break foods out of their good or bad categories, which often get thinly disguised as healthy or unhealthy. When we disallow entire categories of food, like sugar or carbs, rule out quote unhealthy foods, or even buy light versions of real food, the foods we deny ourselves take on a sparkling allure and leave us feeling deprived and punished. The solution? Radically accept all foods. If it's edible, you have full permission to eat it. Now, this is not the same thing as saying eat whatever you want whenever you want. We're not doing a real life version of the old joke, I'm on the seafood diet, I see food and I eat it. Instead, what I'm saying is that no particular food is off limits. Now, this rule may make you feel ungrounded at first, especially if you feel like you don't know what to eat without a pre planned diet telling you what you can and cannot eat. So, what will your guiding light be if it doesn't come from a diet plan? This brings us to tip number two, which is eat when you're hungry. If there was only one tip in this podcast, this would be it. Babies and toddlers inherently know when they're hungry, and they'll let you know it. And you knew once too, which means you can learn again. It's cliche, I know, but you do it by listening to your body. Rather than eating when the clock tells you, or whenever you see something appetizing, listen for signs of hunger. Feeling hungry includes a gnawing sensation in your belly, the beginnings of irritability, a sense of low blood sugar, or a sense of physical lightness or emptiness. If one is starving and 10 is so stuffed you feel ill, you'll know it's time to eat if you're hovering around a three or a four. Signs of satiety, by contrast, include feeling satisfied, content, or subtly full. It's a feeling of hunger neutrality, a hunger Switzerland, as it were, neither hungry nor full. And on our 1 to 10 scale, your body is ready to stop eating at a 5 or a 6. And I know that seems low, but that's the point. With American portions and highly palatable processed foods, we've learned to think overstuffed means full. Tip number three. No deals or compensation. Remember, radical acceptance of all foods when you're hungry. If you find yourself thinking, okay, I'll eat this birthday cake, but then I'll do 10 extra minutes on the elliptical. Or if I skip breakfast, I'll be able to let loose at the buffet tonight. You're not listening to your hunger or giving yourself permission to eat all foods. Deals and compensation drive a deprivation guilt cycle. When you deprive yourself, you feel righteous, disciplined, and, well, miserable, but at least you don't feel guilty. Then an irresistible jumbo margarita and combo taco platter later, you feel bad, uncomfortable, and horribly guilty, but at least you don't feel deprived, although you're probably anticipating the deprivation you're going to punish yourself with, which leads to just one more margarita and maybe a churro because what the hell. This is actually called the what the hell effect, or to researchers, Counter regulatory eating. And it's not just you. A classic 1975 study of dieters found that those who were instructed to drink a milkshake at the beginning of the experiment later ate more ice cream than dieters who didn't drink a milkshake and therefore didn't perceive they had ruined their diets. Likewise, in a 2010 study that compared non dieters to dieters, dieters who perceived they had eaten a large slice of pizza followed up with more cookies than average, while non-dieters who perceived they had eaten the large slice of pizza ate fewer cookies than average. In short, the dieters' mindset took away their ability to regulate and listen to their bodies, and they ended up eating more. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature
0: nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula.
1: Tip number four, only eat what you want. If you try to substitute a plain baked potato when you want fries, or cottage cheese when you want ice cream, it's not going to work. The moral of the story eat what you like, but stop when you're no longer hungry. If you're a chronic dieter, you may have no idea what you like. You may have been told all your life what you should eat and never given a thought to what you actually like. You may also think that eating what you like is what made you go on a diet in the first place. Instead, I'll gently suggest that dieting and deprivation have probably warped your view of what you like. Or you may fully realize you hate artificial sweeteners, soy protein, or celery sticks, but think that you should eat them because they're permissible versions of what you really want. So do your own experiment. Spend a few days or months trying to figure out what you like. Eat slowly and skeptically, as if you've never tasted the food before. Both foods you've previously categorized as good and those you've categorized as bad. What is this strange thing called grilled chicken breast? Or do I even like Pop-Tarts? You may discover you've been eating with your diet-honed perceptions rather than your taste buds. Tip number five, savor what you eat. To savor all those new foods you like, you need to pay attention to eating. Sit down, the car doesn't count, eat a bite at a time, and really taste it. Eat it slowly and deliberately don't just mainline the whole thing. After all, with full permission to eat, suddenly there's plenty for everyone and plenty of time. This may be revolutionary for you. And indeed, for chronic dieters, when was the last time you savored food without an undercurrent of anxiety, guilt, or a sense of getting away with something? Tip number six, throw out nutrition at first. Now, nutrition diva is going to kill me when she hears this one. But beware the trap of swearing, I will only eat healthy food. There, you've just put yourself on another diet, a politically correct diet in disguise, but a diet nonetheless. For example, when the author Anne Lamott first started the recovery process from her chronic dieting and bulimia, the first foods she ate were Cheetos, Frosting, and M&M cookies for weeks. But she ate those Cheetos slowly and deliberately, and it changed her life and then she got tired of them. They lost their allure. And eventually, she genuinely wanted oranges, then brown rice, and then sauteed bell peppers. Find a link to her powerful and hilarious essay in the show notes at quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. Now, given that it's probably taken decades of chronic dieting to get to where you find yourself today, a 10-minute podcast is not going to be sufficient, but maybe it will plant a seed. To grow that seed, an excellent book is the classic anti-diet book, Intuitive Eating, by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. Also, any books by Janine Roth, who's been there, she gained and lost over 1,000 pounds before she stopped dieting for good. A book of hers that has good stop dieting guidelines is Women, Food, and God. Still not convinced? Consider this 95% of chronic dieters regain the weight within two years. And a 2007 study at UCLA found that one of the biggest predictors of weight gain was recently being on a diet. Diets don't work. So listen to your genuine hunger, slowly eat what you love, and feel liberated. Time to let that yo yo gather some dust. If you learned something from this episode, let me know by subscribing to the podcast, liking on Facebook, adding me to your Google Plus circles, or emailing a link to someone important in your life. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and that's it for this week. But a transcript of the episode, references for the studies I mentioned, and the quickly growing archives are always available on quickanddirtytips.com savvy hyphen psychologist. And of course, I always say the savvy psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for psychiatric care or psychotherapy by a licensed professional. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind.